Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. My name is Ryan, and I'm honored to host with Pastor Christian today. We're in the middle of a series called The Way of Jesus, and we've been studying the book of Matthew. Uh, Each uh, week we've been looking at the teachings of Jesus and and what are known as the Beatitudes. And this week's message is called The Process and Purpose of Purity. The premise for this series has been for our people, for each of us, to learn the ways of Jesus so we can live life like Jesus as followers of Jesus. Um, As we jump into the message, as always, we're trying to help you, help our listeners to activate uh, in their faith. Uh, Pastor Christian, uh, as we kind of jump into to talking a little bit deeper about the message, it appears as you put together a message, you often take a look at the Greek and and or the Hebrew um, that you may reference to help you unpack the uh, material, the scripture you're looking at. Um, in this sermon, you do it with the word pure. Uh, can you describe this process for our listeners? Yeah, so the the English is a um, the English is a very literal translation, um, and often in in the English there are just not great words uh, that match one for one in other languages. Um, and both the Hebrew and the Greek are you know Hebrew ancient language that's now um, relevant again. It's now used modern in Israel. Um, Greek, obviously, that's still spoken. In Greece and places today, um, but they're both both what I would call kind of um, one a Middle Eastern language, one a very Romantic language. Both languages that use lots of word pictures to describe words. So often in the Greek, there's not an English word that matches it one for one. Often a Greek word will have to be um, translated with an English sentence because it's it's much more of a thought. The Greek language is translated much more with thoughts and concepts than by words. In the English, we just use words, but one word means so many different things, like like the word for love. Uh, when we read the word love in Scripture, um, sometimes the Greek word is eros. Um, we get the English word erotic from it. It's a, it's a sexual, sensual love. Sometimes the word love in our English Bible is translated phileo in the Greek. Um, the city of Philadelphia, of course, the city of brotherly love. It really probably means like or a a strong affection a brotherly affection um but has nothing to do with uh, intimacy um in any way there's also the word agape or agape which is this unconditional love that was really found um in the church we we would for all those things say um love um if i said i love my wife and i love the people of journey um and i love tacos like and I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I do not mean the same thing when I say those words, but it's the same word. It's the only word I have in the English, unless I go into detail and explain the thought behind it. The Greek, the words are thoughts. In the Hebrew, the Middle Eastern language, the words are pictures. So when Jesus called himself the bread of life, if he would have been speaking in the Aramaic, the word picture 
of the bread of life the people of of Israel literally would have thought of when Jesus said the Aramaic word for bread, they would have thought of the aroma of bread. They would have thought of the taste of bread. They would have thought of the feel of bread in their hands. They they would have seen the picture of bread, and it would have been a concept that all of their senses grabbed hold to, because that's how the Middle Eastern languages worked. When we say bread, you know, because we learn with flashcards, we, we see a picture of of bread in our head, and then we just, like, we think of the definition of bread, but not the taste, not the sight, not the smell. So often, if you really want to understand what Jesus was communicating, you get to go back to the original Greek, you get to go back often to the original Hebrew, sometimes that the Greek authors use to translate the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures into the Greek scriptures, and you say, help me understand when this word was spoken, what did people see? What did people feel? What did people experience? What were people thinking about? Not did they know the flashcard definition, but what experience was Jesus playing on that this word could teach them? And, and this, this week's word was fairly significant in the word picture in both the Latin. Of course, the Greek language was translated into Latin by the Roman Catholic Church, and for the longest time, the priests were the only one who could even talk, you know, talk about the Scripture because they were the only ones who really spoke that language. If you go to a very traditional Catholic church today, they will still do Mass, the priests will, in Latin. Um, and when we look at the Greek, we realize in the English it says, blessed are those who are pure in heart, and we think of the most pure-hearted person we know. God, God blesses people who have a good heart. That's not what it means at all, because that word pure means blessed are people whose hearts have been purified. So now we don't think of the condition of the heart. We think of the process of purification. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, blessed are people who use everything in life as a process for helping their heart become more like mine. We don't think, do I qualify or not? Is my heart pure or not? We think, has God been taking me through the process of purifying my heart? And it just... It changes the invitation and it changes how the text works in our life. But we got to, we got to get past the English language because when we talk about purity in English language, like are we talking about purified bottled water? Are we talking about like sexual purity? Are we talking about the purity of 14 or 24 karat gold? Like what do you, what do you mean? It's the same word in the Greek. We hear the process of how purification works. Not just, not just again the flashcard of purity. So when we go study those original languages, we we mine the depths of Scripture and what Jesus wants us to use. So what do I do? I go to the Greek and Hebrew tools. I go to my Greek and Hebrew Bibles. Um, I go to my my Greek and Hebrew indexes that I got in seminary that I've used for years. Um, and you know, I'll just go to my I'll go to my Greek Bible and I'll look up Matthew five eight. I'll find the Greek word. And then I'll go to my concordance and I'll find every place that Greek word was used, all the English words that it was used to translate, and we'll build a word picture of how people saw that word in the ancient language. So for those of you who want to be a you know a little more serious Bible teacher, scholar, these are tools you'll want to get a hold of, understand how to use. Um, you know these are these are things that you'll see Pastor Christian use so that he can do what he's equipped to do. Um, which is help us all to understand God's Word better on a Sunday morning through a message, 
but then uh, hopefully we're learning how to do some of these things as we dive into the Word and, and, and get more serious about studying it. So, and Ryan, a great study Bible will get you 50% of the way there yes. for, a, for a layman who just wants to understand, give me a, give me a little more, give, help me mine the depths of the Scriptures as I read them in the English language. Get a great study Bible, read the notes underneath the main text as you read and a lot of those things will really jump off the page at you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to scare anybody and think, oh, man, I, I'm yeah. afraid to dive into the Greek, so I can't do that. No, you're exactly right. right. A great study Bible is how I learned so much uh, when I was a uh, newer believer, and, and even now as I prepare for things. Uh, you talk about, so we always want to bring real practical things and help people um, work on their lives, become stronger. You talked about blinders and binoculars in the message, and then you list four spiritual blinders, and they were spiritual pride, uh, unspiritual people, unhealthy practices, and personal isolation. Uh, isolation. When I came to Christ, I, I had some some negative spiritual influences in my life. Good guys, love them, but they were, I guess I should say, they weren't pointing me toward purity and righteousness. In your dealings with folks, which, which of these four do you most often see in people you minister to? All of them, um, all of them. You know, as I, I mean, as I listen to your story, I hear, I hear two, um, right, right off the top. Actually, I hear three. Um, I had some people in my life that shouldn't have been there. My understanding of that is they probably had some unhealthy practices in their life. And when you finally decided to go forward with Jesus, you couldn't go forward with them. You probably felt a sense of personal isolation until you got plugged in with a group of Christian men and started serving and using your gifts. So like I, I would say just listening to your story, I hear, I hear all three things. We're talking about things that blind you to how God is trying to purify you and then binoculars that help you see real clearly how God is trying to purify you. And as, I mean, as I, as I listen to people's stories, I think more than, more than trying to look at people and identify why aren't they being purified, I think to do what we have just done is even better. You just tell someone, hey, tell me your story. Um, tell me how you walk with Jesus. Tell me about the people in your life. Um, you'll, you'll hear in their story where they are. But I think really I think all four go together, and it really depends on who you are in life, how you're shaped in life, how you came to faith in Christ, what type of background you came to, you know, um, what kind of, what kind of background you came out of when you became a Christian. Um, but I mean, obviously spiritual pride's a big one. Jesus said, you'll be blessed if you're poor in spirit and until you realize that it's not you and what you do until you drop your spiritual pride, it's going to be really hard to, to really inherit the kingdom, um, of God. First Corinthians 15, 33 says bad company corrupts good character. It's going to be really hard for God to grow your character if you're hanging around with bad company. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, since we've received all the promises of Jesus, we've got to purify ourselves from everything that corrupts our spirit. So those unhealthy practices have to go. And Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 said, if you, if you really try to do life on your own and you fall down, you might not be able to get up. You might not have anyone to help you get up. So I, I, I think all of those, all of those things at some points in our life, can keep our hearts from really being purified. And I think it's up to the listener today to say, do I have any of these things in my life? It's not up to me to say, what do I see most often? It's not up to you to say, here's my story. It's up to our listener to say, do I have any of these things in my life that might keep me from the process of purification 
that that Jesus wants to take me to because we that wants to take me through because we talked about um, this purification for, for believers going to come in one of two ways you're going to surrender you're going to surrender to Jesus so he can purify your heart or he's going to discipline you so you can purify your heart through your life circumstances I promise you surrender is easier on your soul both of them will be good for your soul surrender is easier on your soul than this process of discipline and refining which is what that greek word means to either that didn't sound to, fun no to either turn up the heat so hot that all the garbage in the metal is melted away or to or to beat something out of something so that only the most pure part is remained if you ask me do i want to be refined discipline or get to choose to surrender like I, I would take the third one. Um, so I, I think all four of these things are things that I have seen, I have experienced, and I think the listeners got to decide which one of these blinders um, may be keeping me from from seeing how Jesus wants to purify uh, my heart. It's really freeing when it happens, meaning that this definitely happened in my life, and it happened in all the ways you mentioned. Right. Sometimes it was surrender, right. and sometimes I had to learn the hard way. Right. Um, but but yeah. every one of every one of those times helps you see God. Yes. And that's the thought. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Surrender, it's going to open your eyes to God. Discipline, it's going to open your eyes to God. Just having the tar kicked out of you spiritually sometimes will open your eyes to God. All of those things in that process of purification at the end of the day help you see God, and that's what is that's what it's all about. Yeah, amen. You then talk about Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, uh, where Paul talks about getting a, a spirit of wisdom and having the eyes of our heart opened. Uh, this began a section on having spiritual binoculars. You said blinders and now spiritual binoculars, broken down into four areas again, spiritual de- uh, dependency, spiritual directives, Holy Spirit direction, and spiritual discussion with God and others. Can you explain why this is a really important part of growing in our faith? Well, yeah, to, to become like Jesus, to become like God, um, r- remember when when they were trying to trap Jesus in his words, um, the teachers of the law, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the the religious and political figures of Jesus' day brought him a coin and said, do we pay taxes to Caesar or no? And they thought if he says pay taxes to Caesar, he's out as a Jewish leader. If he says don't pay taxes to Caesar, the Romans will kill him. We got him. And Jesus said, give me a coin. And he said, whose image is on it? And they said, Caesar's. Then he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. You say, what does that mean? To a Jewish person, when Jesus said whose image is on the coin, they would have said Caesar's. And he would say, then the financial part of your life that he brings you, part of that belongs to him. But he was asking without saying it, and whose image is in you? And Genesis 1 says that man and woman were created in the image of God. So he was saying, you can give your taxes to Caesar, but you give your whole life to God. And for us to one day look like God, for us to one day look like Jesus, we have to understand, we have to understand two things. One, we are created in his image, but we got to figure out what that looks like. We, we got to figure out, we got to figure out how to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And, and when we try to see God and when we try to see like God sees and when we want to see the heart of God, um, We've, we've got to look into the scripture because Jesus was the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the word incarnate. He was the word that became alive 
because he came and showed us who God was in human flesh and the spirit and the love of God. We, so we've got to look into the scriptures. We've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to learn to be led by the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn from those heart checks. I thought Hayden's testimony was so good. I all, you know, here, here she is as I think a 10 year old in our church saying, I always heard people say, that God talked to them, but I'd never heard him talk to me. So I asked my mom, how does God talk to you? And she said, he talks through the scriptures as you read. I mean, she's teaching her 10 year old daughter. Here's how you hear from God. You've got to learn to be in spiritual community. You got to learn to get in a small group. So many times God uses friends and their experience as the mouthpiece of his wisdom in your life. And I think the most important reason to learn how to see God and to get some binoculars so you can see him clearly is because you've been created in his image. And you will find your greatest fulfillment and your greatest impact when you become like him. Um, and like it, like it would be trying to put together a puzzle without a picture on the front of the box. Um, a Christian who was trying to live for Jesus, but who didn't care about seeing God would never be able to put the picture together. Um, and, and the things that I gave you to look at with binoculars, that helps you see the front of the box. So you can say, okay, this is how the pieces of my life fit together so I can live in the Imago Dei, the image of God planted in my soul. And how it pulls together. So often I couldn't see things because of the previous question. All those blinders in my life kept me from seeing how God wanted me to see, kept me from seeing the life and the future he had for me. So for our listeners at home, as Pastor Christian said, what is it you need to get out of your life so that you can see where God wants you to be, what what he wants you to do, so you can really see clearly through the leading of the Holy Spirit? Um, Pastor Christian, your, your closing thought was a, a two-Saul solution. Let me say that again, a two-Saul solution, where you said a change of heart will lead to a change in your eyes. Can you... Can you speak to the person who may be listening who hasn't had a change of heart yet? Perhaps someone who needs to give their heart to Jesus so their eyes can be opened. Yeah, so what we're learning in Scripture is your eyes cannot be opened until your heart is. Um, and and Jesus can call your heart, but you hold the keys to your heart. He says in Revelation 3.20, man, I'm standing here and I'm knocking at the door of your heart. If anyone will open their heart, I'll come, I'll come in and dine with them and then with me. If you're listening to this podcast today for some reason— um, I believe it's not coincidental. I believe it's a divine circumstance. I believe God has brought this podcast to you so that, so that you can know he's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you're saying, I just don't see the thing spiritually, you're talking about it. I don't have the passion spiritually that you're talking about. Um, I would say once you open your heart to Jesus, Jesus opens your eyes to the world and you're able to see the things he wants you to see. You're able to do the things he wants you to do. You're able to become the person he has created you to be. And we learn about King Saul, who, when the Holy Spirit came on his life, it says he was given a new heart and he became a new man. And when we looked at, looked at a Pharisee named Saul, we're told when God really touched his heart, that scales fell from his eyes and he saw life in a whole new way. And that's what we're talking about. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know Jesus. Your eyes don't see hope. Your your heart doesn't feel forgiveness. Um, you say, I feel like I have a heart of stone, but I want it changed to a heart of flesh like the prophet Ezekiel and the prophet Jeremiah. Both promise would happen when we met the Messiah and had the Holy Spirit um, impact our hearts deeply. Um, if you would just surrender, if, if you would just say, Jesus, I don't see yet like you want me to see, 
but I know, I know I don't want my heart to feel like it's felt. I know I want my heart to feel full. I want, I know I want my heart to feel forgiven. I know I want my heart to feel purposed in its impact. Um, I want to know you. I want to be transformed. I want to discover why on earth you put me here. I want to make a difference. I want to be who you created me to be. When you surrender your life to those things, God will begin to surrender your eyes and, and God will begin to change what your eyes see. And if you'll, if you'll surrender your will to what your eyes see, Jesus will slowly start to create in you who he wants you to be and draw out of you what he created you to do. Um, and your life will be changed forever. And, and so will the lives of others. And as your heart is purified through the processes of life of surrender, hardship, discipline, purging, um, your eyes will continue to see more of God and Lord willing, others' eyes who are looking at you will continue to see more of God in you. That's kind of the process of blessed are those who are pure in heart. The blessed are those whose hearts are continuing to be purified for they're just going to continue to see God clear and clear. And when people look at them, they're going to continue to see God clear and clear. The uh, the hymn so many people under uh, have, have sung, have heard at a funeral, Amazing Grace. Right, it, it is true of my life. I once was blind, and now I see. Mm-hmm. But it happened when I gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. My eyes were opened, and then through sanctification, through Him separating me from my sin, through Him, me listening and me um, opening my my spiritual eyes, He allowed me to see more and more of His will for my life. And um, that's what we want for every single person listening to the podcast. So we hope you'll share this with others. We hope you will. Uh, uh, like it. We hope you will rate it. Um, we really do want uh, to to have this be a resource for many uh, of your friends and family that you know. So, Pastor Christian, as always, thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for listening today from wherever you're at. Uh, be sure to tune in to our services either online. You can do so on Facebook Live, YouTube, JCI app, or takethejourney.cc. Uh, we'd love to have you come and be a part of our services live here in Lee Summit at 8, 9, 30, or 11. Um, if there's anything we can do to encourage you, answer a question, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Uh, otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.